risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. My name is George, pastor of Tuolumne Community Baptist Church, and it, it's so good to be here with you this morning. I thank Pastor Kevin for letting me preach this morning. Last year was his year, and last year I was out of town, so I, I, didn't, I wasn't up here to enjoy this, this beautiful day with you guys, but I'm so glad to be here today. Amen? Amen. It is so good. It, it, God has been so good to us. We have been in a sermon series at our church for the past seven weeks entitled Crucified, Glorified, and it's been a trip through the book of Mark that we've been teaching on. And I'm not going to go there right now, but I am going to go there just to give you a taste of what we've been going, but I want to I want to leave you with something, and then we're going to go for a walk. Can we go for a walk this morning? Amen. I'm going to read to you out of Mark chapter 16. This is the very last of the writing of Mark. It says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. So this is very normal in the Jewish uh, customs that they would anoint the body for burial. They couldn't do it when he brought him off the cross because of the Sabbath. So they're coming down on Sunday morning to do what they do to anoint the body and prepare it for eternity. And very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun was rising, much like this morning here. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? It's an interesting thing. These three ladies set off to go anoint the body of Jesus. And as they're walking, they realize, we can't roll that stone away. We can't roll it away. But yet in Matthew's gospel, it says, while they were walking, there was a great earthquake. And an angel came and rolled that rock away as if it was nothing. God was already there while they were on their way. He was preparing a way for them. And entering the tomb, now let's go back to verse 4. It says, but when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Hey, they were freaked out. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. Don't be freaked out. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. And he is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples, and I love this, and Peter. And Peter. The one who disappointed Jesus the most. Go tell Peter. I'd like to put my name in there. Because I know I've disappointed Jesus so many times in my life. That he is going to go before you into Galilee. There you will see him. As he said to you. You know, we have to be reminded, don't we? We have to be reminded of the things we know and the things we've been taught, the words that Jesus has told us. And here the angel was reminding him, reminding them. So they went out quickly. They fled from the tomb, for they trembled 
and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is so interesting, people. This is where the Gospel of Mark ended. Right here. This is where he stopped writing. This is where God had chose Mark to stop. Now, throughout centuries, scholars, theologians have simply said, it can't end this way. And they've added verses to the Bible. Mine goes 9 through 20. That are perfectly fine. They've been accepted by the church and they're blessed scripture. But I can't get over the fact that this is where Mark stopped. So let me take you to another scripture and show you a little bit about what was going on. This is where we're going to go for a walk. At the same time, the very same time that this was happening, they left afraid. Now we know, because we've read our Bibles, we know that they told. But at that moment, they were too afraid to tell anybody what they just saw. The tomb was empty. Can you imagine? We can't even get a concept of what they were truly going through. We haven't lived through it physically to see it. We've heard the stories. But they must have been thinking, did the Romans steal his body? Did the high priests come down at night and steal him away so that we couldn't say that he was arisen? What's going on? They were terrified. So while this was happening in Luke, this is Luke's rendition of that very same morning. Starts with verse 13. It says, now, behold, two of them. When the Bible says two of them, let me tell you what he's talking about. Two of them, they're believers. Two disciples. Two of them. They were walking from Jerusalem and they were going home to a little obscure place called Emmaus. If you were lucky enough to go to Israel today and, and if you had a, a, a tour guide that was honest, he would tell you that Emmaus doesn't even exist today. They can show you kind of the place where it was, seven miles from Jerusalem on a little twisted road where maybe a small group of houses sat. These two disciples were unnamed up to this point. We, we don't know who they are until here in a minute we're going to find out one of their names the other goes unnamed but they were followers of Christ yes they weren't one of the twelve but they loved him and they followed him and they witnessed all that had happened that weekend can we even place ourselves there to, to try to realize what was truly happening the crucifixion of my savior of your Savior. They were walking away. Three days, they heard that the tomb was empty, but they didn't see Jesus. So they were walking home, discouraged. Maybe you're walking somewhere today, discouraged. Maybe it's a failed marriage. Maybe it's a bankruptcy. Maybe it's the loss of a child. Something's totally unforeseen. That, and we're discouraged and we're broken. And we're, I, I don't know what to do, God. I don't see God in this. This is where these two were. 
Behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Let's call this seven-mile miracle. And they talked together all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Do you see the significance of this? If you were the Savior of the world, is this where you would show up for the very first time of being resurrected? Why wouldn't he go to Pilate's chambers and show himself and say, you thought you killed me? Why didn't he go to the high priest and, and all the people in the temple and, and show up and say, look, I'm here, I'm alive. But he didn't. He went for a walk after one man and a partner. We don't know if it was his wife. The Bible doesn't tell us. But let's call them a couple that were brokenhearted, heading for home, wanting to walk away from this thing they call Christianity because they just killed my Savior. Walking away from our, our faith, from our church, because you know what? It just isn't working. My daughter still died. My father still died. My husband left me. And you're going, you know what? I, I can't sit there in church and smile. So I'm a, just going to walk on home. And then Jesus, Jesus walks up beside them. And it says, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as they walk and are sad? You realize Jesus wants to have that same conversation with you. He's wanting to know. It's not a matter of you not having faith. This is where he's going to show up when your faith is broken and shattered. And he's going to want to have that conversation with you. He wanted to hear. Then one of those named Clopius. Since we're so friendly, let's call him Cleo. I like Cleo. And answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in this Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened <coughs> there in these days? Where did you come from? And he said to them, what things? He wanted to hear from them. He wanted to hear their side of the story. He wants to hear your side of the story. And, he, and they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet and mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him and condemned him to death and crucified him. Crucified our dreams, our hopes. Verse 21 says, But we were hoping 
that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these things today is the third day since these things happened. And yes, there were certain women of our country, of our company, who arrived at the tomb early this morning and astonished us when they said they found, they did not find his body. And they came saying that he had, they had seen a vision of angels who said he's alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb. This was probably Peter and John. Remember when they raced to the tomb? And they found it just as a woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones, how slow of heart to believe in all the prophets that have spoken. Ought not Christ to have sacrificed, suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? This was supposed to happen, guys. You know that. You heard all about this. He told you. He's reminding them. He goes on to say, And in the beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. You know, they probably were talking about the, the lamb that they killed and put over the doorpost before they, before they came and killed the oldest child. And he himself was the lamb that he was referring to. Then they drew near to the village, and they were, they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone further. Isn't this just like Jesus? He'll walk with you, and he'll talk with you. And you'll hear your side of the story. But then there comes a time that you have to invite him in. So he acted as though he was going to just keep on walking. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Listen to verse 30. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it like his body was broken. Isn't it interesting? He's a guest in the house. And he took the bread. He reached over and he grabbed the bread. All of a sudden, he becomes the server when they were to be serving him. And he breaks the bread. And he blesses it. Mary taught him well to bless your food before you eat it. And as he blesses the food, and he breaks it, and he hands it to them. And they realized who he was. The veil was lifted from their eyes. And honestly, I believe it's because as he handed them the bread... 
they could see his scars. They realized this was Jesus himself sitting at their table that had just listened to their story. And he broke the bread and he gave it to them and they realized who he was and he vanished. He had a lot more people to see that morning, that evening. He vanished. So what did they do? The wind blew my Bible, so I'll just have to tell you what they did. They gathered up and they headed back seven miles, seven miles back to Jerusalem. We have to tell them. We have to tell them that he's alive. He showed up here. He walked with us. For seven miles, he walked with us. We have to get back. We have to tell what we have seen. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he, had, he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. That had to freak them out. And he said, peace, peace be with you. It is I. I'm here. So what is it possibly that you're walking away from this morning? We all have issues in our lives. We all have struggles. Nothing cuts deeper than relationship. Maybe, maybe you're going through a real relationship crisis. Maybe you just came up here this morning. You're not even sure why. You're just here. Maybe it's because it's what you do. Every Easter, you come up to this beautiful hilltop and, and look at these incredible views, and we look at the cross, and we remember what Jesus did for us, and praise God that you're here for that. But maybe there's more. Maybe Jesus wants to meet you right there on your road, and you can tell him your side of the story because he loves you. He loves you, and he wants to heal you from your broken heart, from whatever is going on. He's never left us. He's never forsook us. He's as alive today as he was then, and he's here today with us. When we get to church this morning, those of us that attend our church and if you don't have a church to attend to this morning you're welcome to come right after this service we're going to have a continental breakfast down at the church and we're going to get right into the service at 9 30 and i'm going to explain more of what happened in the book of mark but i'll tell you that's not coming here's the key it didn't end that way it begun it begun that way it began in fear, and it grew into faith. And God heals a broken nation, and he'll heal your broken heart. And if you need him this morning, I want to invite you to come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Kevin. Just come talk to us, and we'll lead with you in prayer. And 
Ask God to heal your broken heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We are here this morning to worship you, Father. We are here to thank you for what you did for us. What you did for me. I don't deserve it and you did it for me. Father, thank you for that. I pray that you stir in our hearts to where we wake up every day and say, He is risen. He is risen indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. Band, you have a closing song? Let's all stand again because He lives.